Welcome, everybody, to College Facebook Live. This is a series dedicated to bringing families better information about higher education and better access to college admissions. I'm Kelsey Tarosian. Uh, tonight, we are absolutely thrilled to welcome you to join us and to hear from two admissions professionals um, from very different schools. So we have Yamilet Medina Lopez, who is the Associate Director of Admissions at USC, and Nikki Chun, who is the Director of Mission Admissions at Caltech, who are going to be joining us tonight. Um, before that, I want to just introduce who, you know, who we are bringing you this stream. Well, as I said, my name is Kelsey Tarosian. I'm the Admissions Manager at College. College is a private college consulting company. So we are a team of experienced college admissions professionals that works closely with students and their families anywhere on the path to higher education. Our work, of course, helps students identify and apply to best fit colleges. Um, but the other thing that it really does is it, it ignites their deeper potential. It helps them uncover their true passions and begin to understand who they are before they really um, jump into that path. Um, so without further ado, I want to invite our panelists to join the stream. Um, so first, this is Yamilet Medina-Lopez, who, as I said, is the Associate Director of Admissions at USC. Hello, good evening, or um, well, good afternoon or good evening, depending where you might be watching. Uh, so my name is Yamilet Medina-Lopez. My pronouns are she, her, hers, ella. And I am in Los Angeles by way of Puerto Rico, which is uh, my home island. So very happy to be uh, joining you all tonight. Wonderful. Thank you so much for join joining us and welcome. And now I want to invite Nikki Chun, who is the Director of Admissions at Caltech. Welcome, Nikki. Thanks. I feel like there should be like music coming up and like right. some streamers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for joining me um, tonight. As hopefully all of you know, we are going to really dive into topics of diversity and of leadership, specifically in higher education and in the admissions process, in the application. Um, it is a very unusual time, and I know there are a lot of families out there who are wondering a lot of things about what you know what the future of higher education holds and how to show leadership when mostly we're stuck at home. So um, I'm grateful to have this conversation with both of you. Um, I'm really excited to have the contrasting views and the views of two really powerful women in the world of admissions. Um, so now more than ever, diversity is a question that is really on the forefront of the world's mind. Um, certainly here in Los Angeles, throughout the country and throughout the world. Um, it's really important that we recognize in this time that diversity is a topic that needs to be central to almost any conversation. So tonight we're going to be discussing those two kind of inexorable topics in the context of higher education, which are diversity and leadership, as I said. Um, so since maybe even the 1950s, since Brown versus the Board of Education back in 1954, many people, I think, have seen education as a place where the playing field is leveled, where there's some kind of equity. And interestingly, the pandemic and the protests have made it abundantly clear to a lot more people that this is not the case. Um, as people have gone home, as they've needed to engage in distance learning, it's become more obvious that we don't have the same chances. We don't have the same access. We don't have um, you know, the space or the time or the quiet or the technology to be able to really succeed in a distance learning capacity. Um, I recently read a fascinating article that was written in conjunction with a recent Rice graduate. Um, so this Rice graduate said that she personally had experienced racism on the Rice campus and said that although Rice administrators really frequently spoke about the school's commitment to diversity and to inclusion, the university's structure was simply not built with diversity inclusion and inclusion in mind. And I thought that was a really nice jumping off point for us. Um, so Yamilet, I'm wondering, as an admissions officer at USC, can you share a little bit about what your conversations around diversity are like and why it's important for USC to be a diverse campus? And then a little bit about how you achieve that. Sure. Um, so I think before I frame the conversation in terms of USC, um, I want to talk about my personal experience in terms of 
developing um, as a diversity, equity, and inclusion professional. Um, and quite frankly, I, I mean, I, I want to be really honest in saying that even in my own personal uh, experience, I've had to grow as well. Um, and so one of the things that when I'm thinking about this work, one of the things that I'm really intentional in understanding is where folks are at in their journey. And I think with students, um, that is central to their experiences as well and how they are, how those are coming through in the application process. College was a place for me where I developed a lot of my self-identity, where I explored my own personal identity in terms of not just race, but just who I am as a woman of color um, and all of the other layers that make me who I am. So when I think about the conversation uh, beyond the, using the word diversity, sorry, I'm getting some feedback on my end, not sure what it is. Um, when I think about that, I think about um, the broad aspect of it and what students have access to in college in terms of being around other students who are not like them and who have different experiences. Um, it's not enough to just bring all those students together if you are not creating experiences in the classroom where students can actually get to know one another and start to have those very difficult conversations around self-identity, around um, diversity. And so I, more than it being about diversity, I see it as anti-racism work because of everything we've said in terms of perhaps the, the playing field not being as level as I think a lot of folks thought it was prior to COVID-19. Um, so I'll stop there and I'll let Nikki jump in. I, I am sitting here absolutely, everything that you're saying is resonating with me. Um, and I'm, I'm also thinking about um, the kinds of connections that can be made in higher education um, that, you know, you and I have known each other for, I don't even know how long, it's been a while, but, um, you know, I, I want students to think about how connections begin to play out in your life, um, especially since you are making this transition from um, your, your secondary school life into something new, something that um, might be unknown just as much to, to you as to other family members, um, or and, and to embrace that, um, because you, this is a chance for you to really um, explore that identity more as Jamalat was saying. And, you know, for me, I don't know that I was really doing that kind of interrogating of my own identities until more recently, uh, like as in the last couple of years. Um, and now in hindsight, um, realizing that um, higher education, I, I agree, it, it is not the equalizer people are um, trying to make it out to be, um, but it is it is still um, a great opportunity for for you to figure out more of who you are and what you are going to bring um, to whatever whatever is coming up next. Um, and so, I, you know, I hope that students are, especially at this time taking that time to do some self-reflection, um, taking the time to take care of themselves, take care of the people around you, care for your communities. Um, we have known long before this that um, leadership especially doesn't show up the same way um, for everyone. So, you know, as students are all, always asking, well, you know, this, I don't have this activity. And so what is this gonna mean? Um, there's still very much ways for you to share uh, about who you are and what you bring um, to your current communities and thus what you're going to bring to a, a college campus. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, give yourself that time to, to figure out a little bit more of who you are, what you're bringing and and be able to let those connections um, carry you. I think is a is going to be a something that you'll you'll reflect on. 
Absolutely. I mean, I think that more than being focused on just putting together the best application, you should be focused on putting an authentic application. Um, and so if you are going to talk about diversity and what it means to you, it needs to be intentional. Um, you do yourself a disservice by completing an application, telling us um, that you're interested in certain things, showing up to a campus, um, realizing that it doesn't perhaps match with the things that you have told us in your application, because that is how we're making that decision. And so, you know, I spoke about, um, it's not enough to admit students from different backgrounds, but that is something at USC that we are really interested in. And so if that is something that you are perhaps still um, unsure how you feel about, I do think those are some things that you need to process and think about. Um, because when you come to our campus, we certainly are going to expect that you're going to be engaging in those conversations around um, what that means, what it looks like, uh, beyond the statement of our prince, our president, beyond the community guidelines. How are you engaging with your um, classmates? How, what are you bringing to the table um, in terms of the conversation? Um, and that requires a level of discomfort um, that I think we all are going through right now um, in many ways because of, of what's happening across the country. Yeah, and what Jamila is saying is making me think about how we're, we're relying on you to come and be, be the ones to show the mirrors to our own institutions where, where needed. So I'm thinking mm -hmm. about that article you mentioned, Kelsey, and that um, folks like the three of us, um, we are working within our own roles, wanting to nurture these experiences and have these brave spaces for students, but we are only so many people. Um, right. And I think students who, I think about my own college experience that I wasn't coach to think about college as the place that I was going to be able to change. I went and I thought, I'm just going to, it's going to, this experience is coming one way. Um, I think today there are more conversations about how college is very much a two-way thing and that um, institutions are, are ready for that change, hmm. varying levels in varying places, but there are, there are enough, I think, uh, folks that are this passionate about the work that if a student is at an institution and they feel like they're the, structurally, it is not facilitating the space that they wanted to have. Um, I hope that you will think back to the people who were helping you make those connections. I mean, I think uh, so much about how much I admire um, the Jamalet's work, especially as a student affairs professional broadly, you know, it goes, I love seeing the stories of you working with students well beyond the admission process, right? Like you're working with students as they are involved in their student organizations, um, celebrating in their graduation, celebrating in their internships. Um, I, I've had this similar type of experience where it's for, for, for me, it's about more than just a one interaction. It's about kind of being able to see students um, from beginning to end and, um, or from beginning to some other next step. Right, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, you guys, thank you so much. Beautifully said so far, not that this is anywhere near the end of the conversation, but um, you know, so much of what you're saying is resonating with my own experience uh, as a kind of a college counselor working with students on this process. Um, and so much of what I what I end up feeding back to them is that colleges are really looking for real 17 year olds. They're looking for people to be exactly who they are. And as much as you can open up and be vulnerable and show exactly who you are, that's what they wanna see. They don't wanna see you know, the perfect boxes ticked unless those perfect boxes are boxes that are you. If that's really who you are, then that's going to come kind of, as I like to say, screaming off the page in your application. Um, and I think that, I mean, there's so much depth that we could go into. I wish we had three hours to talk, to be honest. I think people would get so much out of this, so much insight. Um, but, but thinking about that leadership piece and thinking about authenticity and self-discovery and that this is all a really 
you know, endless path, learning and, and discovering, exploring who you are and changing, it doesn't end, I don't think. I mean, I haven't seen it yet and for myself. So um, I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit to demonstrating, in, uh, demonstrating leadership, demonstrating like what you would want to see um, you know, especially in light of everything right now, even though I know students feel like they're in their home, they may be limited, they are only in their neighborhood. How in the world am I going to be a leader? Um, but they probably are already leaders in so many cases within the family, within the neighborhood, within the um, maybe the Black Lives Matter movement, maybe they're protesting, maybe they're, um, you know, I don't know, raising awareness within their own little community. But Speaking of diversity, there's so much diversity as we touched on a moment ago, Nikki, within, you know, way beyond ethnic diversity, way beyond socioeconomic diversity, and just into diversity of personhood and diversity of leadership. And it shows up in so many ways. Um, in this last uh, admission season, when I was reading, I remember continuing to notice how much students missed on the um, activities section when they could say, like, they would have the name of the thing and they'd have like five words that was like, I did this thing on Mondays. Um, and I wished that they had gone in more. And so if I had one piece of advice to give about um, how to show leadership, I would say, you know what, really write about the stuff you did in the activities section. Um, but I'm wondering what you guys would say about that. What one piece of advice would you give to rising seniors on what types, what, what leadership actually is? because students often don't recognize it even when it exists. And then how to show that effectively in a way that would get you excited when you read their, um, when you read their packet. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that um, I often talk to students about leadership or leadership development in general, um, it, it really, you have to think about it more broadly and less narrowly. I think students think about leadership in terms of, I did this activity and I checked it off my application. Um, leadership can be, uh, you know, if you are someone who has to help siblings with homework, has to help at home with responsibilities, um, if you have grandparents that live with you, um, if you work and go to school and you're balancing the time between working and going to school, um, those are all ways that students demonstrate leadership beyond what I think a lot of times students think about. They think of very narrowly defined sort of things. And I often get the question, what activities are the ones that are most important? And I answer that by saying, whatever's most important to you, right? Because um, whatever they choose to do, whatever students choose to do, if it's something that they um, are interested in learning more about, they're just gonna be more in tune with that. They're gonna have a better experience. It's gonna come through as authentic. Um, and it's just like I said earlier, you don't want to do yourself a disservice. I am reading what you are putting in front of me. And this is who you are. Now it's a snapshot. This is not, um, you know, you're still a lot of students. Again, you know, we both talked about this. We College was a time for us to explore our identities. We don't expect you to have it all figured out at this point in time. It is okay to not know. Um, it is okay to write an essay that ends with a question that you are pondering about because this is something you're thinking about more deeply. It lets us know where you are at this point in time. And so with activities, a lot of times, you know, it's not about having 10 different things it could be two things that you do, but you've really um, decided to explore those in, in more depth. Um, as far as students right now that are probably maybe engaged in more activism, I mean, that is wonderful. That lets us know that you are already thinking critically about the issues that you are going to encounter on our college campuses. Um, our college campuses, you know, no matter what work we're doing, are not places that are void of the same big problems that are happening in the larger society. And so mm -hmm. if you're already engaging in that, um, you know, I would say in, in many ways, it puts you at an advantage when you're on our campuses. Yeah, I'm thinking about, um, going back to this, this idea of connections, um, specifically when it comes to leadership, 
um, not only do you see yourself as a leader, I would bet other people, adults, mentors in your life, see the same. And I want you to, I, I'd encourage you to ask them, how do you see that? Because I think, you know, leadership, as, as Jamila was saying, it is, it is, it is more than title. It is more than it's, it's a, it's a characteristic, it's a quality, it's a, and it's something that you carry with you, you know, titles or not. Um, and uh, there, there are students this year that I feel very, very fortunate to have been invited into their college search process and into their college selection process. And um, one student who reached out very recently who um, talked about being in a community that feels very isolated um, and they're thinking about making a personal um, statement publicly um, at an upcoming um, upcoming community um, event and asked, you know, is this possibly going to affect where I'm going in the fall? And I, I just, I really wished I could have reached through the, the computer um, because I just thought it was one of the most beautiful questions I've seen in a long, long time. Um, and I wrote back to the student and said, you know, I hope that you will embrace whatever it is that you are gearing yourself up for, um, that kind of attitude towards change and taking those courageous steps. Um, those, that's what leaders are made of. Um, that's what colleges should be made of. Um, moments like that and, and students like you. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's not always the most overt thing. Um, oftentimes it is, it is the, it is the behavior, it's the action uh, um, that you're making because it is representative of your convictions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't stress that enough. And, and again, I think you have to think of it broadly because leadership that is transformational is flexible. Um, and if anything has been more clear during this time is how flexible, um, how flexible universities have had to be during a, a time of a lot of uncertainty yeah. with what is happening. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of flexible, um, as two universities that already were um, holistic in their approach to review, I'm really curious if you guys would both share a little bit about um, what that holistic review process means. It's on people's tongues a little more than, than, than usual just because of all of the changes that have been happening and all of the flexibility and the um, desire of universities to meet students where they are, what they have access to, all of that kind of stuff. I'm wondering if you can shed a little bit of light for from a, a direct admissions perspective. What does your reading process look like? What does it mean to look at a student holistically? And, and why should students care that that's how you're looking at them? I mean, I know, but, you know, I would love for you to share. Uh, Nikki, you go first. <laughs> I was I was just about to um I I I I don't know that I've really come up with a really good analogy. I I've I've sort of I've moved through some. I think about um I, I always try to I'm trying to think about an analogy that is much more um that is more easily seen. So one of the analogies when I think about holistic admission that I'd heard from colleagues that I've I've tried on for size is about um, putting an orchestra together. Mm. Um, you know, thinking about, and I think music is a very widely spoken language. So maybe um, it, it, if this helps, um, uh, I, I think similarly to how an orchestra would be put together where, you know, people are looking for musicians it's one thing to be able to read the music and play this, play the music with your instrument. Um, it's an entirely different thing for someone who's watching that musician to be able to pick up on that the musicality, to be able to pick up on um, the nuances, to be able to pick up on. So it's like, um, you know, it's like the the person uh, the person auditioning is on stage and. 
there are people who are watching that and people are seeing different aspects of it. And it could be that you pick up on something because you yourself play that instrument. Um, it could be that you pick up on something because um, you you love this piece that this person is playing as much as they do. Um, everyone is going to see things differently. And to me, that's holistic admission. These, these committees, these staffs are made up of carbon-based life forms. They're made up of human yeah. beings. Um, and for us, the integrity of this is, is monstrously important because, you know, these decisions are going to affect an entire campus. Um, so I think holistic admission is paying attention to everything, you know, bringing it back to that analogy about putting a, putting a, um, a concert um, a concert ensemble together. Um, in in some places, there are only X amount of chairs and uh, only X amount of instruments that you really want to have in you know certain sections. Um, so when you are looking at these musicians, um, you would you want for people who are making these selections to see different things, so that when you're talking about that musician, it's like oh, but did you see this? And mm -hmm. um, oh, and, and then you end up opening each other's eyes to that um, and you, you deepen your appreciation for what that person is bringing because if it was only about an ability to play the piece, you know. A lot of people could do it. Yeah, more than most, like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, um, good analogy. Yeah. Um, and I think about, you know, John Millette and I working together and how over time um, discussions we've had about um, students, discussions we've had about um, uh, the institutions that we've worked. Um, I know John, that's opened my eyes um, a lot uh, to, to things that, that you would see um, that I didn't, because I'm looking at this through my lived experience, I'm looking at this through, through my lens. I mean, absolutely, and same, same for me with you. Um, there's a lot that I've learned, um, and we do share some things in common. Um, you know, we both grew up in islands, and I think that uh, you know a lot of times when we talk about students that grow up in islands, right? We there are those things we see and we recognize because we recognize them in ourselves. Um, that's our lived experience. Um, so we have to be able to work with others in the committee to bring in their lived experiences and recognize um, those things in students that perhaps are different from my background. Um, because it's different, it doesn't mean it's any less important. And so that is why we need lots of different folks in our committees looking and recognizing different pieces of your application. So we're not just looking at a student through one lens, but we're looking at them through all the different things that they share with us. Um, their activities, their academic rigor. Um, and yes, you know, I, we, we use, uh, prior to this year, we were using test scores as well, um, using them responsibly, not just as a, here's one thing. Um, it's again, it's, it, it is one thing in a list of many things. Um, faculty entrust us to do this work. Um, I think we don't talk about that as, as nearly as much, but our faculty we meet with them in the summer and we talk about what are the types of students that you have in the classroom that are successful here? What are the things that you're interested in having in your classroom to make the, the experience a rich experience? Because like I said, we can have students from all 50 states and over a hundred different countries. And if those students aren't talking to each other, um, you're missing out on a huge opportunity. Uh, so it is very much like putting together an orchestra. You have to have all the right instruments for it to sound um, the way you want it to. And I think bringing it back to what Kelsey was saying about what students are, what students um, should think about how they are serving themselves in a holistic process. Um, it, I hope this sheds all the more reason why um, there's no reason not to be robust in your explanations. Um, you know, we we are going into these conversations. We can only go with what you give us, right? Like, um, we can do some reading between the lines. We can do some, but 
at a certain point, it, it's it's it goes beyond um, something that um, it, it goes beyond that reading between the lines. We want to see that you are also recognizing um, uh, recognizing your work um, because then we know even more so um, you are aware of of what you're going to bring to a college to a college campus. Yeah, and I think one one last thing I will add is when you are applying to schools um, like ours um, that have you know that have so many applications for the amount of spaces that are available, um, it is hard. We get asked all the time how to predict this process. How can I make sure? What do I have to do to make sure? And there is no easy answer to that. The answer is there is no way to do that. Um, you cannot predict this outcome. If you absolutely feel like you need to predict this outcome, there are schools that have that flexibility that will tell you, you know, if, if there are, if these things are there, you will predict this outcome. Unfortunately, we're not in that situation. And there are many times where I struggle with this work because there are many students that I want to advocate for and we simply cannot. Um, and so I always say the day it becomes easy, I will stop doing admission work because it should never be easy to make the decision to make the recommendation in an admission committee. It should always be difficult. See, this is by friends. I feel the same way. I mean, I love a good challenge. Yeah. Um, and um, I, you know, I think I would also just try to bring it back to um, this process, it maybe isn't so, um, isn't so strange as it might seem, you know, students are engaging often with you know, bringing it back to music, bringing it back to sports, right? When you go to try out for a team, are you, you know, is there a guarantee on the other side of it? Um, and I would say a lot of times that, that feeling helps you to keep yourself in check. And I hope it keeps you in check with the college process because I hope it makes you ask more questions. I hope it makes you, um, you know, really interrogate what that school is about and does this line up, you know, with with what you want. Um, you've got thousands of schools to to choose from. Um, and I hope that you will embrace, embrace the, the power you have in that choice. Thank you guys so much. Um, I wanna kind of circle to one last question and I wanna just touch on something, jump off something Nikki just said and that Yamilet's been also hinting at, which is um, something that I've learned, which is, you know, we talk a lot about best fit when it comes to the side of the student where they're deciding where to go. And I think sometimes families think it's a little like, yeah, yeah, um, you gotta go to the best school that you get into. Um, but I want to really, emphasize that what Nikki is, I think one of the things she's touching on is that fit goes both ways. Um, it's not just about like, do you like this school? It's like, where are you gonna go where the school is gonna be like, oh my God, I have to have that student. Um, and there's gonna be places, there's, as Nikki said, there's more than 2000 undergraduate institutions just in this country. So there are so many opportunities, there's so much space out there um, and I really want to encourage students and families and parents to embrace that fact. It's a fact. It's not an opinion. That fit piece, it goes both ways. And you're not going to do yourself any service by um, trying to force yourself into a mold that you aren't in your application, getting to a campus. And then like is not like that may not be the campus for you. And you're not going to be the student for them. You're not doing yourself any favors. Um, so on that note, I want to jump into my final question. And then if you guys have a couple extra minutes, I want to give space for any of our um, watchers to ask any burning questions that they may have. Um, but I want to ask, you know, a lot of, there's so many questions. There's so much change right now that's happening. Um, the last three months have been pretty wild. Um, we've seen a lot of change to higher education, not in the least of which being a lot of schools, most recently Princeton going temporarily test optional. Um, and, and how that's gonna change everything. But that brings up a bigger question for a lot of families, which is, does it make sense to go to college right now? Um, why college? 
and why now? And I, um, I have some thoughts on that that I'm happy to add, but I would love to hear your thoughts as admissions professionals, like, or as people. Um, why would you encourage a student to go to college right now, or would you? Uh, I, it is still a personal decision. So at the end of the day, you know, I, I can share, of course, what I think. And again, obviously, I work in an institution of higher education. I want people to come to college, right? Um, so I will acknowledge my bias up front. Um, but I will say those who have access to go to college right now are in a very privileged position um, to be able to do that. Because I think one of the things that we have realized with um, the pandemic is that there are many high school students who didn't have access to the technology they needed to even continue to go to high school at this point or our school in general at this point. Um, and so, sorry. And so that is a big part of, um, you know, again, when I think about access, that is a, a big part of this. If you are able to do that, um, then, it's something you may want to engage in. You may not need to wait. Um, certainly, you know, things are gonna continue to move forward, whether you choose to be in college this semester or not. And I think our faculty, um, even beyond this, may be changing the way that they are teaching and engaging with students. Um, so, you know, it is going to, it definitely, in my mind, and even with what I'm seeing with across colleges across the country, it is going to change the way that we fundamentally deliver education. And so, um, you know, it, it is a personal option for family, excuse me, for them to choose. But I think if that is going to be the choice, you really have to examine why. Why mm -hmm. are you making that choice? As opposed to, I just don't want to engage in online education. Mm -hmm. so. That's a great point. Thank you. Right. Absolutely agree. It is, it, it is the question to ask yourselves and to keep asking yourself um, and understand that the answer can change and that's okay. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like personally we are in this, we are in this wave. Um, education is getting more than critically examined, it's it's a chance to turn it inside out that I'm actually myself looking forward to. Um, and as students have been asking to us directly about um, the fall coming up um, and, um, you know, wondering if, if not in person, then why or something, I, I turn back to them and I say, I'm not really sure that that's the question you wanna be asking. Um, I encourage them to look at this, that um, this, is, um, this is an experience that people will be sharing no matter if you opt in or out. This is, this is a, I mean, this is global um, and it has not discussed discriminated as to who it has affected. Um, and so I encourage students to think about, you know, the brick and mortar aspect of it is just, is one. Um, there, if you, whatever decision you're making, I hope you're making it understanding that um, there are going to be peers and classmates of yours that, um, you know, you could be sharing in this experience at the point that you're you're ready. So if you're if you're ready, um, I just I just think that students coming up through now are going to be the ones to define it for us. Mm. Um, and I'm looking forward to I'm I'm here all day for it. Um, and I and I hope that you will engage in that uh, to the extent that you are ready. Um, but I hope. I guess from the other end of it, you're not just sort of cutting that um, because you think that it's a dichotomous choice. Um, yeah, you know. and our faculty are still the same. They have mm -hmm. not changed. So, you know, if anything, this is forcing some of them to really look at their teaching practices and figure out how to become more creative. Um, 
you know, for many of us, um, the more plans that I see roll out, there's going to be some combination of, of some hybrid form of, of learning that's going to be happening on our campuses. I think it's really critical to go into this with the understanding that that is the intention, but the reality in the fall may change that for all of us. Mm -hmm. And so it's that adaptability, it's that flexibility, because who's to say that, I mean, I, I hope that we don't face something of this magnitude again, but if we do, I think there's gonna be a lot of things that we'll be able to learn from this. And again, there are students who will not be able to access education in this way. So mm -hmm. it is still not going to be possible for everyone um, to, to connect with universities, even whether it's online or as I've said, with some of these hybrid models. Um, so flexibility is key. And I think that is hard for, has been hard for all of us. Um, even those of us on our end, trying to figure out how to move forward. Absolutely. Um, and not just, I mean, you know, I mentioned earlier that there's been a lot of change in the last three months. And the interesting thing is that that three months feels like it's been a year. Um, but really, guys, it's been three months. Uh, so that much time, I mean, that much change has happened in three months. How can we, we, we have no idea what's going to be, what's mm -hmm. in store for us in the fall or in a year from now. Um, and regarding the college question, I just want to say, you know, there is, I understand why people are concerned. If I'm being totally honest, college is so much more than the classroom. It's so much more than the teacher and it's so much more than the brick and mortar. Um, it's being, you know, a huge piece of it is, you know, as Nikki was kind of saying, self-discovery. And, and in my opinion, that comes from being away from the family. Every family has their own culture. And there's the microcultures of each family. And you don't understand who you are outside of that context until you are outside of that context. Mm -hmm. um, so there's absolutely validity to the question. And I think it's good to be questioning, do I go to college or do I not go to college? As opposed to it was kind of feeling like a bit of a assembly line. Um, mm -hmm. like, this is just the next step of what you're supposed to do. Um, but what I will say about that is that, you know, we're very focused as a culture on results and we're very focused as a culture on point A to point B and very direct and college is most, is very often not that. And, you know, when I went to college, I majored in music and then I've had a career in education completely unrelated to my, completely unrelated to my degree. Um, I have you know, basically a master's in classical vocal performance and then an undergraduate in music. And do I use that degree? Like, did that degree in music help me get a job? No, it didn't. You know, the fact that I went to college, did that help me get a job? Yes, 100%. But more than that, what I discovered in my study of music, which was something that is, this is, this is my soul. My soul is full of music. Um, what I discovered was my analytical mind and who I am and what I have to offer as a worker. And do I use that every single day, every hour? You know, that discovery is invaluable. Um, and so I just want people to think more broadly than just, oh, I'm gonna get an MBA. Uh, think more broadly than just, oh, I'm going to USC or I'm going to Caltech, but like, what look inward, look at yourself. And that's the same thing in this application process. What we've been saying over and over, it's about you. It's about your authentic self and your path and your own discovery. So um, yeah, that's my two cents. Um, and I wanna just bring it up. There's actually a really interesting question in the question box if you guys have a minute, um, which I think you'll, you'll find interesting. It's how can universities help turn the tide against the perception of students that they have to do so much to impress or stand out in admissions? Is there something universities can do to alleviate that pressure on students to perform, you know, to the spot in a class instead of focusing on their identity or their authentic interest? And I'd love to hear if either of you has a quick thought on that. I know it's a big question. I don't have a big, I don't have a quick thought on that. Um, there are layers to that question, but, um, you know, I think there is definitely, you know, I tell students this all the time. I, I try to be very authentic. And when I work with our staff, we try to talk about the authenticity uh, of the story of the student in terms of, you know, we admit students with these. I don't know why students think like you only 
you know, they only hear of the person that only has all A's that got into USC. There are students with A's and B's. There are plenty of B students that we admit. Um, and so I think, you know, again, as we talk about holistic admission, some of that is to break down this myth that it's only based on one aspect of the student. Unfortunately, that has had a different impact where now it's like, how many things can I add to that equation yeah. as opposed to let me focus on the ones that I'm really interested in. Mm. Um, and so again, I, I, I can only speak for, for my university and what we are trying to do is talk about all the aspects um, of the application and that we're not looking for perfect students and that the well-rounded student is a myth that is that doesn't exist the the student that's doing everything um i don't believe that <laughs> you know it's okay to be someone who's really good at music and that is your talent um so again trying not to check all the boxes like you were saying mm -hmm. wonderful thank you i mean i think this is a that conversation I think people need to recognize is being had by far more folks than are at the university. Um, you know, we have with, um, when you combine capitalism with social media, um, you know, people should think about it just for a couple of days, like pay attention to the things, the stories that you'll click on, right? I think that oh, yeah. people will sensationalize this and that's what is carrying and perpetuating these ideas i know colleagues that i work with folks i've worked with a long time we have not stopped saying this but we are not the only people saying this and we are not the folks that are um that are out there um putting titles on ourselves as experts there are people out there who are um, who are putting putting themselves in those roles and saying things in a way that people are latching onto. Yeah. And I, you know, I really hope people are looking critically at themselves about like who 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 are you listening to, and understanding that um, every narrative has a counter narrative. You know, it hurts my heart when students assume at Caltech there's only one kind of student because I know personally, I mean, I'm fascinated by um, you know, uh, some of the platforms out there that will be that will claim to say like, I know how this decision is gonna end up at Caltech. And I was like, I don't think that person works here. Um, I think I know who's on this. <laughs> um, All the time. But we, you know, <laughs> but we can't, you know, we there, it would be way too exhausting to stop those conversations. Right. Um, the only people that can stop it are the people who just decide, you know what, I think I'm maybe going to take a look at who I'm listening to. Mm. Um, every, you know, for every time that people assume that a Caltech student is one type, you are absolutely dismissing a lot of other people and folks mm. on the campus who make it happen. Um, so, you know, the, the mainstream narratives are, you know, they're sexy. They're you know they they make for good popcorn eating drama yeah yeah um, i would yeah, say I think pay less attention to rankings and more to what you are again like you know and again I hate to continue to use fit because if you don't explain what fit is it's just sort of another term that's overused sure but you know you don't go to a school just because someone's like oh yeah they're ranked whatever that ranking is the reality is that if you do a deep dive to know what goes into the ranking, you would understand that the rankings mean very little. So if you haven't done that, maybe that's something that you could do is take a look at what those rankings actually measure and who they talk to on those campuses. And you'll see very quickly, they don't mean what folks think that they mean in the, in sort of in the mainstream. Absolutely. We know that there's like other, other ways that schools are assessed and presented um, I think about uh, a ranking um, where the the body looking into it was looking at um, the college's ability to help their students um, become more socially mobile. Um, 
And uh, they were looking at schools that are really showcasing and demonstrating social justice. Um, for students that are, that that's important to them. I hope that those are the things, you're, right. those are the lists that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want, I want everybody to think about this for a second. We've got two really different schools, right? We've got Caltech, which is, I believe, just shy of like around a thousand students. And then we've got USC, which is, you know, easily 10 times that much more than that. Um, and these are both schools that we're hearing the same message from, which is if you think there's one type of student that goes to this school, you're dismissing a lot of students, like most of them. Um, if that's true at a school that is, you know, a thousand, it's a very small school, then imagine how much, how, how true that must be at every campus. Um, so I think that we're going to leave it with that. And the last thing I want to say is that, you know, as a, as a group that's really trying to reach as many families, as many students as we can to give better information, access, I want to thank you guys for coming. And I want to let anybody watching know that if you feel like you need more information, and I wouldn't blame you if you did, like I said, more than 2,000 colleges out there, people, um, and you just want to talk, the first step with us, if you want to call for a free consultation, um, you're more than welcome. We'd be happy to talk to you. We'd be happy to talk about your specific circumstances um, and what to think about. Like even just what to think about can be hugely helpful. Um, and then if you want more help, great. If not, then great. We just want to we want to reach as many people as we can. And I want to thank everybody who's bare, born, stayed with us for an extra 20 minutes longer than what we thought for staying. And I want to thank you guys so much for sharing of what I believe to be your true selves and your deeper thoughts. And I can see your passion. And thank you so much for sharing that and um, being a part of this very important conversation. I appreciate it so much. And I want to bid everybody a really wonderful, wonderful evening. And go think, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Have a good night. Thank you, Thanks. Good night. Good night, guys.